What is up, people of the Grunge Bible Podcast? This is episode 142. My name is Ethan Shalloway. We're back in the studio. We have Chris Salona here, per usual. And we're pumped up for your mid-December podcast series of This Week and Next Week before Christmas is upon us, which is crazy. Um, and I yeah, we got a great... I know, man. I can't either. And we got a good episode. We're really pumped up to do this. We're recording this on the Wednesday. December, December the 6th, right? 6th? Yeah, today's the 6th. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, as we do in most shows, I want to start off by checking in with our fellow host, Chris Salona. Chris, how are you? Well, first off, fellow host Ethan, um, I'm well. I have... Um, we're going to get into a lot of what's been going on between the oh, two yeah. of us and in, 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 in our lives uh, as it relates to the topic of this episode, because it's all connected. Uh, you might not think that some of the things we're going to be discussing today are connected, but I promise you they are. Um, I'm good. Things have just been things have just been really crazy. I mean, what else can you say? Uh, I got some travel coming up this weekend. Uh, actually, tomorrow uh, on the 7th, I'll leave. I'll be back by the time this podcast drops on the 11th. Um, but no, I'm good. I've just been really, really busy and kind of feeling a little bit worn down by some of the things that have been in my schedule lately, but it's all, it's all part of the rhythm of life, Ethan, you know, you got ups and downs, ins and outs, and, uh, you commit to it all when you get up in the morning. So I am, I'm grateful for the opportunity to commit to it all. So how are you? I'm doing well. I just want to shout out to all the Grunge Bible bingo players. If you has Chris uses the Grunge Bible podcast <laughs> voice, it's like that's like the ironic. Like it's so funny how you pick your spots to to do that. <laughs> I so haven't used it in a few off. episodes, so it was only fitting. Eh, you know, I, maybe I don't uh, know. You, it comes it, it comes up. Yeah, but I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, this last couple of days, like a few things, yeah, I got my plans to go home and, and a few things kind of just sorted out. And, and so I feel a lot more comfortable in the day to day, which is nice. And uh, we've been uh, in close contact regarding a few of the things we're going to talk about. Yeah, um, really close. And this contact. is one of those episodes. Every once in a while, we give you a good movie, movie review. And uh, today we will be doing that, talking about Uncle Buck. A 1989 a classic. A classic, one of those just classic 80s, 90s comedies. And, uh, and through that, we've had a lot of conversations and just kind of connecting. And I mean, it's just a busy time in life. Um, that is the holiday, busy time of year for everybody. And, you know, yeah. I think we're, get, we're also at that age where, you know, there's a lot of yeah. pressures and outside stuff. So it's just, you know, it's all culminating around this holiday season. So uh, that's led to a lot of good conversations. And um, they've helped, you know, I mean, I'm in, a, I'm in a good, I'm in a good headspace and uh, it's a good, good time to record a podcast about it because that's when you have fun with it. And uh, today will be no different. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I definitely feel better about a lot of these things after a couple of chats yeah. that we've had and, a, you know, a viewing of uh, Uncle Buck and, you know, some of the music that we've been listening to. And, you know, you got to use these uh, life vessels, these life rafts when you can, uh, you know, to keep on floating down that river. So, um, you know, it's been a while, Ethan, since we've done a movie review. I believe the last one that we've done, we've done singles most recently. We did the Big Lebowski around this time last year, and then one of our first episodes was Into the Wild. So this is a rarity, uh, which if, if a movie review is also like one of the more coveted spaces on the Grunge Bible bingo card, uh, you all can check that one off. You've waited patiently for it. You've been watching and listening for a very long time now. Um, and we're able to have these conversations um, you know, because of the support that we receive, um, mm -hmm. namely the people who choose to support us on Patreon. And as you know, we have a $2, $5, and $10 tier uh, you can choose to sign up to any of those three tiers and make a monthly contribution to keep this podcast rolling um, you can also purchase some merchandise and we just got a lovely email from uh, a podcast listener named William who said my grunge Bible sweatshirt arrived today awesome thanks guys for a great <laughs> podcast so I'm really happy to hear that William uh, we hope that you're out there listening to this one uh, and we thank you once again for your support um, so that's what it takes to keep this going you know it takes it takes the Williams of the world and it takes the patreon supporters of the world uh, in particular the top tier uh, which once again for the second week in a row I will read all of them I will not miss any names as I did on episode 140 um, and these individuals give us ten dollars a month uh, 
all of which goes towards making this podcast. You know, we bought a lot of equipment this year. There's hosting services we have to pay. Drew, uh, the furlough is over, so the money is going. You know, the funding is is available and it is going into his account. Uh, maybe this week or next week, but it will be there. Um, so I would like to thank our top tier right now. And their names are Carlene Salona, Alexis Shannon, Jade Mercado, Laura and Irene, Jamie Lynn, Fuck Soup, The Blue Owl, Millie, Doug Endy, What the Fuck is Up, Denny's, Black Hole Sean, Chris LSMS, Nikki Six, Kara K, Alex Long, Seattle 4 fanboy from New Jersey, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, Faith Bittner, Granny Grunge, Epona, Mike McCready's Mustache, Sherry Matthews, Keith White, Corden Stewart, Lamellerbone, Eric R. Berry, Gochu John, D-Boat, and Pile of Punk. The all-inclusive, all-expenses-paid Patreon list. I know for a fact it's I didn't leave anybody extensive. out this time. It's very, it's very extensive and inclusive. Yeah, you do. You do a great job every week. You nail Thank it. You, you don't miss. Just like yeah. the podcast, you don't well, miss. That's the thing. And, I'm 141 uh, for 142. So I mean, if that's baseball, I'm batting like 990 something. Um, yeah, I mean today, me in the today you nailed it. Today you I nailed, nailed it. it. You didn't, I you didn't miss anything. Yeah, I'm so batting 993 uh, as, as batting averages go. That gets so. you in the Hall of Fame every <laughs> single time. <laughs> I think that gets you into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I would hope so, certainly. So thank you once again for everyone choosing to support us and also anyone who's just present here today. Um, if you share it with a friend or mention it to somebody, uh, that goes a long way too. So uh, another year is uh, is closing down, but we're really excited to talk about some Uncle Buck today. Uh, but before we do that, Ethan, we do have to get through some this day in music history. And um, I have to say, this day in music history kind of sucks. Like there's, there yeah. wasn't anything that I got super, super excited about. Uh, and we'll just get into it with some birthdays here. Uh, there's only two of them that I, that I think are necessary to shout out. So I'll just rip through them right now and then we can get into the events. Um, on December 11th, 1944, Brenda Lee was born. Uh, Brenda Lee, you're hearing a lot more from her uh, recently because she is responsible for the hit Christmas song, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Grunge rockin' around the Christmas tree. <laughs> Happy birthday to Brenda Happy birthday, Lee. Brenda Lee. <laughs> December so 11th, 1943. <laughs> it was actually 44. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely amazing. So happy birthday to Brenda Lee. Um, and then also I would <laughs> I would like to wish a birthday to Nikki Six, born on this day in 1958. I'd like to wish a birthday to Nikki Six. Yeah. That's like when people, like, um, the Red Sox just made a trade yesterday with the Yankees. They traded Alex Verdugo for, like, a bunch of They make trades pitchers. together? They, that, was the, that was the fourth time in the last 25 years they've done it, so it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And, and the top comment on one of the posts about it was, like, this is one of the trades of all time. <laughs> like, which... You know, Nikki Six. <laughs> I wish him. I wish him a, a birthday. birthday. You know, it's happening. Uh, we don't like Nikki Six around here. We don't like Molly Crew. We do, however, like our Patreon supporter who goes by Nikki Six. Who we've never been able to to vet whether or not it actually is the Nikki Six. If it is, I'm not really sorry. I, I, I still don't like you. Uh, we'll just take your money though. But I don't have anything else to say about Nikki Six. I mean, I guess wishing somebody a birthday is not incorrect grammar it's, right? it's, it's factual i mean yeah it, you know you're just acknowledging the fact that it's out there that you have a birthday it doesn't yeah you know, we're just we and, just and don't I necessarily think, um, need it to be happy i guess yeah and, and i think i need to recalibrate how i think about motley crew and guns and roses and the beatles because it's like that quote the opposite of love is not hate it's indifference and i think i've hated them for far too long i i think i'm just indifferent now i can't even be bothered to be upset about them anymore right so birthday to nikki six I love it's it. Great. I love it. So, um, okay, moving forward. This day in music history. Aretha Franklin plays her first show. That's Chris, major. I know, I'm pretty sure your mom is a big Aretha Franklin My fan, mom correct? loves Aretha Franklin. Yes, I was going to say, I, I mean, I'm assuming you do too because of her, but I know, I'm, for some reason, yeah. I, remember, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Uh, growing up, my mom loved soul music, Motown kind of sound. Um, so we always used to listen to it like on housework day on Saturdays, like she'd throw some Aretha on the old like 90s, like big deck, like uh, tape player or whatever that we had in the living room. Um, they actually I think it was I think it was Jennifer Hudson starred in a biopic about Aretha Franklin like a couple of years ago. I took my mom to go see it um, and I've 
you know, it's a, it's a, it's a nice, it's a, it's an easy crowd, crowd, crowd hitting for uh, any sort of occasion or Christmas. You know, if there's any sort of Aretha Franklin uh, right. media that I can get her, I, I've tended to do that. So uh, definitely a big day. This was a big day in music history for firsts. Uh, on this day in 1965, the Velvet Underground play their first show, um, and it occurred in New Jersey, and they played three songs uh, at this show: uh, "Heroin." There she goes again in Venus and Furs. Velvet Underground, once again, I, you know, I, I'm far from an authority or even far from being knowledgeable about them. But what I know about them, I really, really enjoy. Super complex and you know, very influential, obviously, too. So that's um that's a big event as well on this day in 1965. So they only played three songs? It must have been like a small little thing. I think it was it was at like a high school auditorium or something. So Okay, um, so you know, maybe you they know, were you know how those go. Yeah, oh, yeah, very crunched in time. Maybe it was the talent show. Could have been. If they were in high school and probably not, but maybe 65. Yeah, I don't I don't know the timelines of those individuals, but um, moving forward. Say, up one year. In 1966, Elton John's band Bluesology opens for Little Richard in London. When I saw Little Richard standing on top of the piano, all lights, sequins and energy I decided there and that and then that I was going to be a rock and roll piano player. So that was the uh, day. That was the day. And uh, we love some Elton John. Yeah, we do. You've, you've seen him. I saw him last summer, you saw actually. Him. Yeah, you yeah. saw him. So did Jeffrey Dugas, the, guy, the surgeon that did, my, <laughs> <laughs> that did my shoulder. He's posted it out. Of, um, and... Uh, yeah, I haven't had the pleasure to see him. Uh, he's a legend. I'm sure that I, I heard that his shows are big, right? I mean, oh, yeah. at, at this they point, were, they're spectacles. They were big spectacles. Uh, evidently, he's retired from touring. He did like a goodbye Yellow Brick Road farewell yes. tour that lasted like five years, as they do. Uh, I think COVID <laughs> kind of interrupted it. So I, I think he's done full-scale touring. So hopefully something can come up, you know, again, that you'll be able to potentially, uh, potentially see him. But yeah, Elton John is... One of the greats of his day, certainly. So that's a, that's a big moment right there. This was his inspiration day. Um, moving up to something that is a little bit less inspiring. Both of these things happened on, on this day in 1970. Um, the Ringo Starr movie, The Magic Christian, premiered in London. Um, I don't know anything about that but it kind of ties into the other thing that happened in, on this day in 1970. Uh, John Lennon releases his debut solo album, John Lennon Plastic Ono Band. Um, so that's another thing that happened on this day. Uh, you know, both former Beatles just, just jamming December 11th, 1970 with all sorts of fanfare and exciting things. So that's what we've got there. Yep, more Beatles, more Beatles uh, history for you guys. More Beatles history. In 1972, Genesis play their first show. And Genesis rocks. Do they? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think they're pretty uh, influential. I don't listen to them a ton. I know my dad enjoyed sure. them a lot. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I don't know if rock's the right word, but they were, they were very, uh, you know, groovy and just i don't know sound in a lot of their music that people mm -hmm. love like I, I can guarantee that tom loves genesis oh yeah tom My definitely coach. loves genesis that's amazing last event that we have on the docket here on december 11th 1981 george thorogood completes the 50 for 50 he played 50 shows in 50 days in 50 states uh, and i believe we had mentioned this uh some weeks ago at one of the points along this 50 for 50 tour, I think he, he was so intoxicated that he only played like a song and had to be like taken off of the stage. So it's good to know that he saw it through and uh, he made it. Ethan, do you think you could do, you could do 50, 50 shows, 50 of anything in 50 days in 50 states? I know that I like, I read that and I was like, that is actually really, really impressive considering, yeah. you know, you have Hawaii and Alaska that you're going to have to. Logistically challenging. Logistically yeah set up and i mean that is that is a challenge and and really really impressive could i do it uh with proper funding you know anything is possible oh, yeah, that's the thing yeah um it's funny one of my uh one of my strength and conditioning slash like collegiate track and field coaching friends 
we were spitballing about something once and he was like, do you know what you should do? And I said, no, what? He's like, you should do, you should do a 150 um, for 50 and 50 fundraiser type thing. He's like, he's like you should go fi- 50 states in 50 days and every every day in, in, in a different state, you just go to a gym and clean 150 kilos and like do it for some sort of charity thing. Someone um, told you to do that? Somebody, yeah, somebody suggested that I do that. Um, but one, first of all, 150 key clean is not that impressive. Secondly, I don't have 50 days to spare, and I certainly don't have 50 states worth of travel to spare. So it would have to be a very well-executed fundraiser. Yes. I mean, you, you could find 50 days. That's true. Yeah, I could find 50 you, you days. You could find 50 days, and you could do 150 kilos. So it, the other thing would just be the logistics and making it you know, worth a follow. And Right. Um, that would be, I mean... It's just one of those things like, I mean, it's just a challenge. Like, and then you it's can say you did it. It's just a challenge, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's just a I'm challenge. S- I am impressed. Maybe I'm still trying to get to 50 states. I'm at like 38, which is pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm at like 38 or 39. Nice. Yeah, I'm missing I'm missing the North in a lot of ways, like the yeah. Dakotas. Although and- you're the only person that's going to be able to answer this question. Does, can I check South Carolina off the list from, from the wedding that we went to? Does it count, even though I don't particularly remember a whole lot of the trip? I It definitely counts, but oh, yeah. like when people, you know, it counts for you, but when people yeah. ask, like, if conversationally, you've been, I don't have anything to say about Charleston. Like if someone asks you what you thought of Charleston, like, we can't give an honest answer. I cannot give an honest answer. I kind of want to go back for a second. I can't believe you, you asked if Genesis was like, uh, you know, with Phil just, Collins just, and Peter I Gabriel. I just dude. don't really know much about them. Phil it's Collins. Been, it's all you need been, to know. Never Peter been Gabriel. My, I mean, never been my cup of tea, you know? Freaking, uh, um, I've been busy guitarist with other... Steve Hackett. Oh, uh, of course, the hack daddy. Yeah. So, the hack anyway. daddy. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, that was yeah. This Day in Music um, on December 11th. And... Um, yeah, if you're still listening, uh, thank you. That means that you really want to hear our thoughts on Uncle Buck. Yeah. And, uh, Which I just is good because we really want to talk about it. Yes, exactly. I, I definitely want to talk about it. So um, first thing I just want to put out there, like, you know, mu- music music reviews is what we do all the time, and we kind of get connected to music. And um, I don't even know if we said it last week on the pod, but me and Chris have talked about it. Like, watching movies that have that pull out emotions that you didn't know you have and, like, having, like, you know, usually soundtracks are playing in the back, so music and movies go are close together. Totally. And uh, the acting is a, a display of the, you know, the, the characters, but also the people that are playing them. It, it's a really good depiction of, you know, feelings and, and their expression. And, like, I just love it because it, pull, it does the same thing that music does. It pulls out these emotions that... You don't know how to express. That's the best way I've been. I've been saying that the last two weeks, and it just it makes so much sense to me. And I'm like, I'm so happy that we have like this is this model of episode for us is is in the firm. We've been you know in the fold. Yeah. We've talked about it for two years ever since we wanted to do the Big Lebowski. The Goodwill Hunting episode is coming. Like it's coming. And it's and it's all nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like these. Mm-hmm. That's why these. Uh, that's why movies age the same way yeah classics and 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 before we get into the specifics of this movie it's really it's really been interesting for me um because growing up i we weren't really a a cinema family uh like we weren't we wouldn't really go to tons of movies and unless it was something that i wanted to go see like it, it wasn't like a family thing it was like hey mom like this just came out like it looks really cool can i go with my friends or can we take you know myself and like my best friends and they're like oh yeah sure we can do that um so i missed out on so many of the quote unquote classic movies and like a lot of the series like i haven't seen but it's almost now that i'm you know in my late 20s now like it's almost a good thing because I like the headspace that I'm in now, like so many of these things I think affect me and I receive them in a much different, maybe more complex way. Um, and I understand more as opposed to maybe if I had seen movies for the first time, you know, so I don't have that memory of seeing it when I was young, but it, it, it affects me, I think just as much now that I'm seeing it at the age that I'm at. And I mean, that's the best type of art, right? Obviously, I think it, no matter what age or what situation you're in, you know, you can get something out of it no matter where you are. And I think mm-hmm. that most of the music that we talk about, it's the same way. Uh, you know, most of the people who listen to this heard heard the music for the first time when they were teenagers and they're still you know 30 years later listening to us talk about it um i think it's the same with a lot of these movies and, and uncle buck was one um 
For sure. Uh, it came out of nowhere, Ethan. I had no idea this movie even existed until this past weekend when your brother texted us. Uh, he texted us a, a scene from the movie, which we will talk about. Um, and he was like, you need to post this on Grunge Bible. And uh, you you did it, I think, on Sunday night. And I was so affected by that, not knowing anything else about the movie, <laughs> that the following night, Monday night, I got home, I worked, I went to the gym, I came home, showered and ate, and I was like, I'm watching Uncle Buck, not really knowing all, that, all much of what it was about. And it completely took me for a ride and and it wrecked me you know in the best possible way it, i was not okay um and people are listening then, and they've probably seen the movie and it's like this is <laughs> like crazy. what the fuck it's just saying this yeah. yes no but it's like you have to understand and, and there's we'll ins to, and outs yeah, yeah. And, and we'll articulate it to you because you just watched it last night again um kind of in the same kind of headspace that we're in so um this is uh this movie's really really important and uh how about we get into for those maybe who haven't seen it right um the same Ethan, if you have a little bit of a synopsis yeah so this is uncle the uh, the the writing synopsis as an idle good-natured bachelor uncle beck uncle buck is the last person you would think of to watch the kids however during a family crisis he is suddenly left in charge of his nephew and nieces unaccustomed to suburban life fun-loving uncle buck soon charms his younger relatives miles and Maisie, with his hefty cooking and the new way of doing laundry his carefree style does not impress everyone though especially his rebellious teenage niece tia and his impatient girlfriend shanice with a little bit of luck and a lot of love uncle buck manages to surprise everyone in a heartwarming family comedy and so you have that synopsis and like you know it's it's a pretty basic plot like i mean he just comes in and is a part of the family and it's like you know he was an outcast in the, the family dynamic you know he doesn't even remember the kids names to start and you know the relationship grows and people are affect people and like it's a coll collision of worlds and it's so good because like i said it's a simple like the movie you know the parents just come back after it like um you know it's a week the yeah one, the the mother's parent uh has a heart attack and he has to go visit and then after a week he just comes back and you know the movie's over but like all of the meat happens um throughout the time and um you know i think it's important because it's john candy who, that's the thing i, I think yeah. we wouldn't be talking about this if a different if a different actor i think had played the lead um right. and ethan you'll probably be able to talk about this more john candy you know as it relates to him and his performances because i i think this was really the first movie that i've ever sat down I'm like okay like this is john candy um like yeah. i've not seen plane trains and automobiles for example like i'm not very familiar with a lot of his work but i'm i was captivated 100%. I mean, he pops up and, yeah, you know, I think he pops up in Home Alone at the end. Him and, yeah, and Macaulay so. Calkins. A lot, in this a lot as of well. people are in Home Alone. Uh, Spaceballs and, yeah, um, Plane Trains and Automobiles, which is obviously a classic. He's in Blues Brothers. And, yeah, there's something about, like I said, these 80s, 90s comedies. Um, and I just want to point out, like, how much move, and I'm, I'm no, you know, I'm not, I don't have a degree in movies or cinema. Uh, but it's very clear that comedy has changed over the years. And back then they had this really dry and it was all monologue based. And you really needed, you know, characters like John Candy, the Chris Farley's, you know, the Bill Murray's of the world and like, or Steve Martin. And like they, it was, a, it was all dialogue based. And that's what th this movie is full of quotes. And the way that he delivered them is what makes it special. It's not like necessarily the writing, but it's just like, he's that guy that, you know you want to uh you love and you root for and uh and it's funny along the way because it's all stuff you can connect to so i think you know because of the change in movies just like the change in music that's why these you know movies and songs have the nostalgia attached to it and uh, of course you know sadly candy passed away at only age 43 um to a heart attack in 94 so that's that's the same it's the same as a lot of the you know the musicians that we love and i think mm -hmm. watching that knowing that he passed away and and like it just i know for you for the first time like just like of course it's another one where you're just like oh my gosh so you watch this and be like you know he's passed away like, and then, yeah, yeah it's it, you, like you kind of mourn it all again and, and that is the common thread because it's like you said it's the same um and and anybody who's captivating in any sort of artistic place it's not it's not what they're delivering, but it's how they're doing it. So you think of the the guitarist that we love. It's it's you know 
the sweat that's in their hands and, and just the, the, the soul that they have that they're able to translate through their physical movements or through their act of singing. Um, and it's how they're able to, to project their words out into the world that makes them special. Um, I mean, you could take any of these, these acting performances, you could give these scripts to any of us, you could give, um, you know, any of these songs to any musician, you know, in a, co in a cover band downtown in a bar. And it's not the same, you know, there's that, there's that intangible thing that lives inside of people who are great um that makes this what it is and, and elevates this and it was the same with john candy um and it was the same in this movie and, and, and it was it was so captivating for me and I, I that's like the ninth time i've said captivating but i don't really know how else to describe it um and it's just like one of those things where um it didn't feel like a comedy to me almost like because I think I entered I it with like a certain weight of like John Candy. You know, he had died at 43 and there was some sort of lesson in this movie that I was keeping my eyes out for. And and it didn't it was it had funny points, but it, it, it almost felt like a coming of age type film for me, which I mm. I love those movies. Like I fucking right. love them. So. Right. Yeah. Um Man, it's just like so much. We have a bunch of stuff written down. I don't know how in depth we're going to go into a lot of this. Um, yeah. I think we connected to the character. Like, I was like, "Am I Uncle Buck?" You know, it's a fun-loving bachelor. And and the the scene that we actually uh, posted that my brother had sent to me. It's him one of the nights he's staying with the kids, and and they had gone to bed, and he's sitting on the couch, and he's talking to the dog, and he's having a few beers. And he's like, "Last call," and um. He just kind of talks to him, you know, talks to the dog for a little bit and said, you know, they used to say that I had it made, you know, no job, no kids and all this stuff and just living the life. And, you know, people always say like, you got it made. And I find that a lot because I'm, I'm chasing something and like you talk to people and they're like, wow, man, you're just chasing a dream. Like, you know, that's awesome. I got to work a nine to five. I got to do this. And they compare it to what they're doing. And the grass is always greener because you know, I hear that and I'm like, yeah, like I, I, you know, I'm so happy to be doing what I'm doing, but it's obviously very tough at times. And then, like he said, um, you know, it's like, you know, the problem purse is like, nobody says that anymore. You know, once you get older, you know, it's not as cool to be the bachelor and to be doing all those things. And, you know, people want to, want you to get your life together so they can trust you. And, and it gets frustrated relationship. Like you can't flake out on relationships without repercussions when you're in right. your you know thirties and forties, because people don't want to mess around and, it was very like, yeah, we, I watched it and I was just like, yeah, nobody says that anymore. Like, it just, it was a very, you know, coming well, of age. There, there's, a, there's a funny thing in here because, you know, I'm 27 and you're 29 and I'm sure there's people who listen to this podcast regularly who are 10, 15, 20 years older than us. Um, and, and they're about to listen to us kind of work through those ideas and the fact that we feel that way sometimes and they're going to laugh at us because like, you know, kid, you got time. Uh, and it's just that weird dichotomy because like, we know it's true. Like we know we have time and we know that, you know, we're young and, and there's, so many blank pages out in front of us, but like you, you totally feel like that at certain points, you know, and it, and it might be for five minutes. It might be for a night. It might be for a week, but those feelings always come around and to have it kind of articulated through this, like larger than life, gregarious figure in a comedy, you know, it's billed as a comedy and you kind of have this really vulnerable moment in the middle of the movie, um, as the plot is kind of progressing. And it just kind of like spoke to those feelings that I think everybody feels because, at some point you got to pick, right? Like you're either going to pick the independence or you're going to pick the companionship route, you know? Um, yeah. And there's always that element of like, when you pick one, it's like, okay, like the out there somewhere, you know, there's, there's an alternate version where like I went the other way. Um, and I think everybody thinks about the other way, you know, I mean, as it relates the grass to grass is always greener. It's always I mean, greener. It's, it's so easy for people to be like locked in, maybe a kid at a young age, just be like, man, like if I would have just, give myself more time but then you know we're on the other side and it's like man if i would have just had like had a relationship i'd be you mm -hmm. know it's like eight years married yeah. or something at this yeah point. And, and we're and, at the point too where like we've i feel like all we've done the past couple of years like we go to our friends weddings and our friends are getting engaged and bachelor parties and everything and you know our our, our siblings are, are having families and starting families and it, like those thoughts always pop up and something i think a common theme that we've always had throughout the page is kind of that um uh you know 
isolation versus solitude thing. And it's all in the eyes of the beholder and it's all based on where you are. You know, it's like you have that solitude and that independence when you're feeling good, but when you're not, you know, you kind of just feel like a isolated kite without a string in a little way. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the way that they, they, they articulated those themes in this movie, both through, um, you know, the, the independence that, uh, the uncle buck, the uncle buck character had and kind of, uh, comparing, contrasting it with, with Tia, the, the oldest niece and kind of, you know, how she's charting her life and how she's kind of, you know, um, acting out her independence in different ways. Um, it was kind of like, you know, it's like, here you are and here, here's what you could be 30 years from now. And, and you can both kind of have the same awakening and come to the same understanding that, you know, life's better with people in it, uh, whatever that means for you at the time, whether it's being, you know, more open and understanding to your parents or whether it's, you know, um, deciding that, Hey, maybe, you know, I do need to kind of be more forthcoming and, and, you know, be more vulnerable with, uh, you know, the people that I'm in a relation, the person that I'm in a relationship with. So it was kind of cool. You saw those stories play out simultaneously, uh, and, and both characters, helped one another achieve that end mm -hmm. um despite the uh despite the animosity that existed you know from one side to the other with tia not wanting anything to do uh with uncle buck yeah and when they're driving home from you know the one of the final the climax of it yeah the party and, uh and the yeah, the party and, and i guess in the beginning tia you know she is really rebellious against her mom and that relationship is no good and by the end of it you know and she uh, refuses Uncle Buck in the beginning, but then they have a come to grips moment and like she's obviously listening to Uncle Buck and then Buck realizes that he can learn from her as well. And, and mm -hmm. like that whole thing is, is very look in the mirror type of thing. And it's very vulnerable. And, and you know, she's, she says like, you know, don't tell my parents. And uh, he says, yeah, I he won't. I'm just glad responds. I had the chance to get to know you again. Right. And she's like, we don't. And he says, like, we don't need to talk about it. I just want to get you home. And, um, you know, I, I love that. And it, it, like I said, they, that's like the main relationship that they both get a lot from. And that's yeah. kind of the, you know, at the end that, that closing scene says it all for us. That's some all the soft smile that is. Yeah, it, um, it certainly does. And, and, and that kind of, um, that theme there where it's like, you know, this, this, this teenager Tia doesn't want anything to do with this weird dude who's just popping up. And you can obviously tell that like Buck's not around the family. I mean, like the wedding picture was folded over. Like he's not even in the wedding album and, and you know, um, his, his brother's wife doesn't really like him. And like the kids, you know, the, the Tia doesn't really like him. And none of that discourages Buck from like trying to do the right thing and like trying to do right by, by Tia and just regardless of what the consequences are. And it's just kind of like that testament to, um, you know, doing the right thing because it's the right thing, not because it's going to make you look better or earn you points in the short term. And oftentimes you do the right thing. You make, you have to make hard choices. And he had to, in the interim, alienate, you know, his niece, um, because he saw what was best, uh, for her. And then, you know, that, 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 that wholesome moment where she's like, you know, you were right about everything, everything you said that was going to happen did happen. You know, like this, this boy was no good for me. And he's like, and, and she's like, how did you know? And, and he's like, because like 20, 25 years ago, like I was that kid. He's like, I know. Um, and then just kind of like to be able to do the right thing, have somebody come around and understand that like, Hey, you had my best interest in mind. And like, not, not like, not like showboat in the end zone, so to speak, like, just like, Hey, like, it's fine. Like, I'm not looking for any recognition. Like, I, I'm not going to like, you don't owe a debt to me. Like I just did this because I care about you, you know? Um, and, and I think that's a really important lesson. Um, I think it comes up a lot in family too, is, is like families play out and there's obviously different drama and, and familial relationships can be hard as people grow. And especially when people are reintroduced to certain people and it's tough, but it's just the kind of one of those things that, you know, the right thing, I, I, hopefully, you know, if you got a good heart, you know, you're going to be all right. And the right thing is going to prevail in the end. Yeah. And, and no, you brought up how it's funny that this is a comedy built as a comedy. And I think, you know, I think it's important because, you know, a lot of people that, you know, Buck is in the movie, Buck and probably in, in real life, John Candy, you know, larger than life character. And, and usually people like that can be really down on themselves, depressed even, and they, they, they mask it with comedy and it's like really difficult to uh, sometimes see through that. And I see that all the time. It's just so easy to be like, I mean, Chris Farley, there's a lot of quotes about how he, you know, felt the need to be the life of the party all the time. Robin and that Williams was like really, as well. Robin Williams, yeah. And like it really wore a lot. And um, 
So the fact that, you know, it's a comedy that has these like mending of relationships and, and growth in there, I think is really important because um, it's very realistic um, to the world, to the, the day, to day to day. Yeah. And then um, just like when he realizes that, you know, he's been spending this entire week trying to help this kid and trying to do what he knows is right to help this kid, you know, he still has the wherewithal and the humility to kind of realize maybe they can, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe this kid can help me. And, you know, and, and that, that, that car ride home after he picked her up from the party is, you know, he says, I've been riding your butt just about all week about how you live your life. Like I realized maybe somebody should have been riding mine. And it's kind of like all of these moments come back to that theme of like, you know, maybe this, like, you know, you had it, you, you've got it made isn't, isn't necessarily what you want and it can change. And you have to be open to that, even though, you know, I think a lot of times in life, just because something's different, we assume that it's, it's not for us. Right. It's like, how do you, how do you make that transition? And I think that's something that everybody struggles with. I struggle with it too, you know, cause as you get older, you, you have certain responsibilities and there's certain expectations and it's hard to kind of open yourself up to them. Um, and oftentimes I think the words and, and the encouragement and just listening to others can, can help you do that. Mm-hmm. So I guess moving forward, just talk about another few, few quotes that we love. Oh, I mean, yeah. we can keep, keep going on about you know, the relationship and all that, but um, there's one in the, in the beginning when he first gets there and uh, we both wrote it down, I believe, or may, maybe you just, I, I'm sure you probably. Um, oh yeah. I think I, I, I know, I know the what first one you're, you're going to be talking about here. Yeah. And uncle Buck says, Hey, I stopped smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Isn't that something? I'm on to cigars now. That I'm on a something. five. He said, I'm on a five year plan. Eliminate cigarettes. Now I'm on cigars. Then I go to pipes, then chewing tobacco, then the nicotine, the nicotine gum. <laughs> and I love that. It's just like, <laughs> I'm not ready to let go. I'm going to, I'm going to wean myself off and it's going to take a while. Yeah. It's so funny. Everybody like, has to do something. Everybody's got to do, got to do something. And it's kind of weird and funny how that directly parallels like the relationship that he has with with Shanice, like his longtime girlfriend, he's like, I've been stringing her along for eight years, and you know, <laughs> you know, after eight years, you're you're kind of, uh, you know, you're pulling out all the stops, and clearly, I mean, going from from cigs to, to to cigars, and then all the way down to the nicotine gum, like, you know, you're you're really entrenched to that idea, like you got to hold on to that, and you know, that's sometimes that's what you have to do, um, and then uh, <laughs> another really funny meme because obviously buck doesn't look anything like his brother uh you know his brother's this like kind of clean cut like well kept together like you know thinner human being and and i forget if it was uh it was Tia or if it was one of the younger ones, Maisie or Miles, <laughs> looks at him and says, what happened to you? <laughs> He's like, recessive gene. <laughs> yes. He said, these, ch- these, they're beautiful children. What happened to you? He's like, recessive gene skips every nine generations. Every nine I get generations. It. I got it this time. <laughs> Tragic. <laughs> I, also I freaking lo- it, love that. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's good. so funny how like they had like Just things that were response. simultaneously humorous and also like, um, like poignant going on at the same time. Like I think of the, the scene, I don't know why this would happen, but like he had to go to like the, the parent teacher conference with the assistant principal about Maisie and like this, this old assistant principal, uh, played by Suzanne Shepard, who was also, uh, Carmela's mother in the Sopranos. So that was pretty fun for me to be like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Like, Oh, there it is. There, there's, <laughs> there's Mrs. DeAngelis. Um, you know, she's like reaming out the six year old. She's like, I know a bad seed when I see one. And then he's like, uh, you know, she's like, you know, this child is a dreamer, a silly heart and like doesn't care about any of their, you know, any of any bit of their career as a student. And and Uncle Buck just absolutely lays into her. He's like, I don't think I want to know a six year old who isn't a dreamer or a silly heart. And I sure don't want to know one who takes their student career seriously. I don't have a college degree. I don't even have a job, but I know a good kid when I see one because they're all good kids until dried out brain dead skags like you drag them down and convince them they're no good and that's just like that's that's one for the kids in the back of the class you know that's it that's, is. that's one for the kids that you know maybe maybe are, are ridden a little too hard by their by their teachers or their parents you know that's we all know them yeah i love that too i mean it, yeah. it fits they are all good kids mm-hmm. yeah and it like yeah the dream big and especially when you're young i mean it, it's it's a good reminder to the teachers like you know you're dealing with Absolutely. Young kids are so malleable, and yeah, I mean, yeah. I know, I, I love that. I was glad that you brought that up and yeah. said that. That was a, a great scene, obviously. Yeah, we we needed that one. Um, and yeah, man, like, 
Because that's uh, how it was. I feel like that's how it was with, you know, teachers and, and principals back in the day. I mean, oh, they would yeah, like, tough. they would pick, you know, just because kids were being a disturbance for what it is. And yeah. there wasn't a lot of maybe information about, you know, special schooling and, and, and needs and stuff. Well, and of, I think like, even today, like schools really, even today, I think only recognize like a couple of very specific types of intelligence and they only celebrate a few very specific types of temperament. Um, and everybody, you know, is intelligent in different ways and, and have different things that they're passionate about. And I think we spent, we spent so much time, you know, kind of trying to get everybody to fit a specific mold rather than celebrating the different things that people bring to the table. Um, yeah. and you know, once again, in the middle of this comedy with, you know, one of the funniest actors of his generation, you know, one of the, one of the biggest characters of his generation, you know, you have these lessons that are kind of sprinkled in. So it's like, you, you get the family together to watch this and everybody gets a different lesson from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said. Also, like my la one of my last thoughts, how about that big stack of pancakes that he made for, for little Miles' In birthday? Incredible. And that's like, oh man, I just love the idea that of, you know, I have two nieces now, but doing something like that and, and having- The fun uncle. The fun uncle and like doing these absurd gestures that, I mean, he just wants to do. I mean, and- how special it can be. That was, that was great. That yeah. was so fun. This movie had like just enough slapstick comedy in it. Yeah. Um, to, to kind of, to kind of fit perfectly fit in that era and perfectly fit like what you would expect out of a movie that was billed as the way that it was, you know, the scene with the washing machine, for example, or, you know, trying to wash the clothes in the microwave. Oh, like, it's just, it's yeah. absolutely classic. But once again, like you said at the top, like this, this template has been done so many times. So to go back to it again and to make something that is the, that is as special as this movie is is something that's really cool um and i'm so happy that your brother sent us that text uh, over the weekend because like i said i had no idea about this movie um and i'm so happy that i had some free time on monday to watch it um because now that i have um it's it's i'm it's definitely not the last time i'll watch it that's for sure and that's the best compliment you can give any movie i think that you that you go back to it you know you appreciate it from the beginning and and you keep returning to it so um that's that's what i have to say about the mighty uncle buck uh what a damn good film mm -hmm. and at the end of that you know to tie it back into the, what we posted you know at the end of it you know he says but it'll all be better tomorrow always is and uh you know that's really important because a lot of times and you're thinking like yeah nobody says that anymore like people view me differently or you know toughs are really um times are really tough and you know you can you can take solace in the fact that you know tomorrow's a new day um and feelings you know, change like the seasons you know yeah. i mean one day is was its own thing and the next day is totally different yeah. and the ups and downs of life do happen so mm -hmm. um tomorrow will always be better at least it's a new shot yeah and, and uh, you've got another chance yeah. you know you got and, another and, chance and that ties in really really well with a lot of the music that we've kind of been focused on uh the last couple of days i was a little earlier to this destination than i think you were ethan as it relates to this band uh last week it was funny i mentioned spanish love songs at the end and i was like uh i was like we'll save that for another time and then we proceeded to do like 15 minutes on it which yeah. was which was pointed out to, by proceeding to not save it for another time yeah thank you eddie vetter got me through my second divorce for pointing that out but the same thing as he's like it'll all be better tomorrow um uh i've been obsessed with the spanish love songs album brave faces everyone from 2020 I, i'm pretty sure i must have mentioned that last week and the the last song is called brave faces everyone um and uh the the final lyrics it closes down with that same theme you know and and it's just just like that scene in, in in uncle buck where you know he's like you know things things have not maybe turned out the way i wanted them to like there's a lot of tough things i'm dealing with but i'll be better tomorrow this whole album is just talking about so many problems in his life uh so many problems in the lives of his friends and family and the world uh, you know climate change like the 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 uh the opioid epidemic uh mental health everything economic everything. conditions and at the end he's like we don't have to fix everything at once we were never broken life's just very long brave faces everyone so like once again to kind of stand in the face and recognize everything that's being thrown at you and, and still be able to um you know, to be able to stand up and be like, you know what, like it will be better tomorrow because I'm willing to put in the effort earlier in that song. Uh, you know, he's talking about a lot of different things. He's like, I'm still paying off a good idea from when I was 23, a life spent living off loans. And I still don't know how, still don't know what I love. I'm over leveraged. My credit's gone weak. Um, and then he goes on to say, but at least I'm seeing things more positively because I swear to God, I'm an optimist. 
Um, and that kind of that kind of human spirit, man, is like that's the theme that we needed because I think for a while, the past couple of days, we were focusing on like the they don't say that anymore part. We were focused on like the you know uh, I'm over leveraged and my credit's gone weak part. But you know I think the the sun is risen and we're kind of focusing on that you know fuck it I'm an optimist part. Like let's put on a brave face. I swear and to God, I'm an optimist. Figure out these it. problems, man. Um, and, and I'm glad that we're, you know, we're getting to that point, but I think you have to know both sides, uh, to really proceed with a full understanding. You know, you have to be on the down to, to realize the up. Um, so yeah, man, yeah. I, I know you've taken the last couple of days, uh, you, you, yeah, you took a little, a little bit of a I mean, listen. This, I mean, the past two months have been full of Midwest emo, emo punk, all that oh, stuff. Yeah. We've been pretty pop punk. Hell yeah. We've been pretty into it. And, um, yeah, I listened, um, you sent it, sent it over and we obviously talked about it and I listened to it and instantly I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard this band before. Totally. And if I, if I hadn't heard them before, I heard a band that sounded exactly like them. Like yeah. this is very nostalgic, even though they, it's been a 10 year, 10 year band. I think they started in 2013. Yeah. More or, and, or less. Um, and yeah, all the songs just, I mean, really, you know, pretty rock driven in a lot of ways. I mean, they're they yes. jam and his voice is is a beautiful voice that uh, really, you know, speaks, you know, allows me to hear in mm -hmm. the the lyrics and whatnot. So, and it's so good. And, and yeah, it really puts you in a place of self-reflectiveness and um, it's been, it's been really, it's been solid. I think it's been a really good thing, you know? Yeah. I knew you were in. hooked when yesterday you text me at, uh, at just about 8 PM. I got a text from Ethan. We had chatted earlier in the day. Uh, and then I get a text from Ethan and it says, listening to Spanish love songs is the Chick-fil-A Christmas lights flash eight o'clock on a Tuesday night in December. Christmas is looming. And I said, fuck man, be careful. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, it was something about like sitting there, like you said, the lights, it's a Chick-fil-A, you know, it's, and it's Christmas time and all the lights are booming and like the Christmas lights on the house and it's like a happy time of year, but it's cold. It's December. You're in your car, you know, it's heating up because, you know, the car was cold and stuff and like, and you have this more or less sad music. I mean, it's, you know, more or less sad music playing and you're just caught in the middle of like, which, which side do I take? Like, yeah. how do I view the holiday season? Mm -hmm. And that's, and like I said, time of life that we're in we've had a lot of conversations of like you know i don't want to say discovery but you know we're always working on ourselves and yeah we're and, learning you know, yeah and it's just been so hectic and like oh man it's just one of those it's just one of those times it's been a lot of traffic yeah. these last couple it, months and i think like we've been spending a lot of time with this art because in this art it really showcases the fact that like at any point in time there is good and bad occurring simultaneously everywhere you look and it's like that decision that you have like which one which one are you thinking about and focusing on when you close your eyes at night um and we i think we felt a lot of that the same way like as it relates to social media and like we had a talk yesterday i was like i'm just so fucking tired of looking at a screen Dude, you know and, 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 and obviously like we're in a position where we're fortunate enough to like turn off the screen because it's on a screen it's not the reality that we're in you know and there's people all over the world who are suffering tremendously because of the hate and selfishness of other people um but you know and if and if it's taking a toll on us i can only imagine what it's like for them but it it's hard you know with with so much so much tough shit in the world and, and so much bad going on like it it is hard to believe in the good and to and to be able to wake up the next day and be like you know what like today's like like i am going to contribute to the good today um because there's just so much about like the 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 state of the world i think that just breeds apathy um and it's just like you know what like it doesn't matter so fuck it i'm just gonna throw my hands up and like not not contribute either way um which is mm -hmm. which is contributing negatively because you know if you're not putting positivity and, and you're not trying to be good then that's a net negative um so it's just kind of it's good to be encouraged and reminded you know through a lot of this art that like hey like despite everything that's going on and despite how bad it can be like do your part it doesn't always have to be a lot you just do do you know your your version each day of good work um and and focus on that and and, and that you know over time it becomes your legacy and it becomes who you are and what you can give to those around you mm-hmm yeah, the social media wear and tear of the last seven years and 10 years and how it's grown and its importance in everybody's day to day and how you interact and how everything is a side hustle. If you're not making money, you're not, you know, it's no good. And, mm -hmm. and that is so, 
draining. I mean, it's hard to spend free time freely these days because one, you feel like you need to be progressing in some form. You need to be posting or doing something or you need to be learning. And like, it's hard to say get lost in a book or get lost in the music or do something just because, like I said, I'm watching the movie and it's like, you know, it takes the time to make breakfast, like a big breakfast and do something special for the kids. Like, you yeah. know, he is a bachelor, and, you know, and he makes his money on gambling and like he needs, he feels like he needs to do that, but he takes the time to kind of invest in others. And that quality time seems to be, you know, um, uh, diminished in today today's world where, yeah. you know, it's, it's easy, you know, you want to do something for somebody rather than spending time with them. And yeah. that's not, you know, necessarily how this life should be lived. I don't yeah. think like being able to have yeah more quality time is always gonna yeah. it's hard because it's always I, gonna breed i mean it's in um uh you can go first I'll, I'll i'll save mine yeah it's it's tough because like you said like like all of these obligations that we have from day to day have become so pervasive because they're always sitting there on your table or in your pocket um and and there's always like you always feel like you gotta be you gotta be doing something or making money like you said or like showing people something like you got to put <laughs> something out in the world like hey like this is what i've accomplished um and and it's even like it's funny because we had that same we shared that same understanding yet last night on the phone we were chatting about it and then as soon as that part of the conversation ended what did we do we had to talk business about grunge bible and a couple of deals that we're working and like it really never ends and it's it's getting increasingly difficult to balance all of these things because it's not like you go home and you know you, you close the books at work, you take your drive home, listen to the radio and, and sit down and read the paper after you eat dinner. Like it's, it's just, it's different. And also, you know, it's partially, I mean, maybe more than partially, it's, it's our own faults for, you know, letting that seep into so much of our lives, but it's hard not to. Um, yeah, it's our, it's our own fault, but it's also like, it's just Feels the world like that we not. live in. Yeah. yeah, like it's almost, it's not your fault, kid. Well, the you thing know? is like, if, if everybody's falling victim to it, like, is it really all of their individual faults? Um, yeah. You know, um, so like that, that's an element of it. But yeah, it's, 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 it's tough and it just becomes, there's so many things to balance. Um, and like, I don't mm -hmm. even, I don't have, I don't have a wife. I don't have children. Um, <laughs> that's, that'd be really funny. Take it out of context. <laughs> just like put that sound bite up there. I'm alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just like, you know, and like, I can only imagine once you add those elements of your life, how critical it is to balance and take that quality time. It's, it's hard, you know, like you sit down and you sit down and watch a game or a movie and then you, you look up and you realize you missed the last 10 minutes or like it'll happen to me. I'll watch the Bruins and like, I look up, I'm like, Oh, the Bruins scored. Like I didn't see I the goal. It. I didn't even, I, I, I didn't even, I didn't even realize it. Um, and it's hard to take that time, like put the phone down. That's what I did last night. I, I, I made my dinner and I sat down, no phone, no YouTube, not even any music. I just sat there and I raw, raw dog in life. I raw dogged it, dude. And it felt good. Just like the silence and, and, you know, you're intentional with your time. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Yeah. I remember like 10 years ago, I think I was in high school and it was actually, it was at a youth group and the, uh, pastor was talking about something on social media but he said and the main thing is he said there's you know three sacred places that like we don't allow phones it's the dinner table mm -hmm. the bedroom and the car and i like i love that because it's if you get caught on your phone in the bed especially if you have somebody else that you're like with yeah. i mean it devalues them um in a lot of ways same with the dinner table like someone puts a ton of time into making something like your mom or your dad or one of your friends if you go over like is out of respect. I mean, that's a great time to have a conversation. Yeah. And the car, I was going to say like our road trip, like, you know, we just talked the whole time. Now it was, it was guided through music and some things we right. were looking up, but like, there's nothing that, you know, makes me more mad. Like if I were to carpool to practice or drive with somebody and like they're into something on their phone and, right. and I'm trying to talk cause I'm, I'm driving like yeah. the car is so sacred. I like, that's like, the, that's when I make a lot of calls and able to talk with people because like when you're at home, I mean, it's tough. And I just, I love the idea that those three places can be like without phone Yeah. because it's, and it's not that much to ask, you know? No, it's, it's not. It's, it's a small portion of your day and it ain't going to I mean, kill you. You hear you. a lot. Of, yeah. You hear a lot of people say like, you know, don't watch movies in your bed. Like don't eat in right. your bed. Don't just watch sleep movies in your bed. Yeah. Like your, your bed is for sleeping. And like, that's like, that's the best way to get good sleep. That's the best way to like for your body to get in a rhythm right and it, it is important yeah. it's really hard to, it's I, hard I agree to do. 
and and I'm and I'm happy that like I grew up and like my mom was always like, yeah, like we're sitting down to eat. You know, if we're home, like we're gonna eat dinner and like we're not gonna watch television while we're doing it. Like we don't even have a TV like near our dining room. Um, and back then, though, when I was kids, like phones weren't what they were. You know, they they weren't like the the computers that they are now, obviously. But even now, like and like I go I go visit my grandparents or whatever. Like we have Sunday dinner. Like I don't, I'm not taking my phone out because that time is important. And I always think about as you said to the car. Um, my fifth grade teacher, uh, who was really, really special to me and had a really, really big impact on me, and, and I still keep in contact with her, um, she was raising, when I was in fifth grade, I think her daughters were maybe high school age, and she used to pick them up after after school, and she was like, I have one rule. She's like, when I roll up to the curb, my daughters get in the car. She's like, my car doesn't start. I don't put it back into drive until they start talking about how their day was and not just like, Oh, my day was good or oh, it was fine. Like, like actual things, you know, because like I need to maintain a presence and like, we need to have that communication as, 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 as good as it is for me, because I'm interested in their lives. It's good for them to, to discuss and to share things. And that's how you bond, you know, you bond over, over stuff that you don't even think you could bond over. And I always think about that. Like, she's like that. She's yeah. Like, I, hope I, would, I remember I, that one. She's like, I wouldn't start my car until like, until, until we started talking. Um, and like, it, whether it was a good day or bad day, like, like, let's, let's chat about it. Um, and I always, I always think about that. Um, because obviously like, you know, it's getting hard to raise kids. It's getting hard to be a kid now, you know, with phones. Um, and yes. I don't know, like, I mean, like you've got, you know, you've got, you know, your brother's having children and, um, you know, your other brother's about to get married and like the challenges that, that they're going to face. And, you know, if, and when, you know, we have children, it's going to be, it's going to be really challenging. Um, because that, that, that part of the world, the, the pervasive aspects of it through technology, it's just like, it's not like it was when we were kids where like, you know, kids didn't really start getting phones until high school and, and they weren't iPhones, you know, um, it's going to be tough. Uh, there's a lot of big challenges in the world. Um, but as, as we've been taught, you know, despite those challenges and despite the bad, you know, we got to put on those brave faces and, and realize, you know, it'll all be better tomorrow. Oh yeah. Yeah. We don't know the landscape that the world will be in when we have our kids. So it'll be totally yeah. different. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of um, what we're going to have to do 15 years from now hasn't even been invented yet. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And the yeah. one other quote, like, I don't know why it stuck out to me. I'll just say it from the movie. Um, and you know, Buck's on the phone talking to Shanice and she needs him to come watch so she can, he can go out and find Tia and they've been fighting this whole time. And, and she's like, I'm not coming over. You know, he's like, I really need you. Like, I need to do this and I need you there because I, you know, I promise my brother. And she's like, I will help you because kids are involved. But as far as us, it's over. And he just responded, however it has to be. And for some reason, that line, like, I mean, I don't know why, you know, it's like the Vince McMahon, like, I'm already like tearing up. Like, the, <laughs> uh, no, however, it has to be. I'm like, yeah. you know, and, and it's like putting, putting aside his personal, you know, what is good for their relationship or like, you know, and you're, and you're just pleading to someone to ask and it's like, and like to get it done. And I don't mm -hmm. know, however, it has to be like, it's just for some reason that seems so. Like it can be applicable in so many different situations in your yeah. day to day. And, um, well, just yeah, realizing there's some things you can't change. Yes. Um, and accepting it. In you real can't change time. some, if someone else says something like, and you have to respect that. And like he yeah. does that a lot where, you know, a lot of misunderstandings, but like you can't, you know, wiggle your way out of it all mm -hmm. the time, even if you're yeah. good at it. Yeah. He, and like he, sometimes he, you have he, to he understand. Knew, he knew his place and he knew his role and, and he owned everything he did and he understood, you know, uh, you know, the things that he couldn't change, um, which is really admirable because that's a hard, those are hard truths to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad we circled back to that one. That one's, that's, that one's really important. <laughs> it's just like, it is. I can't do this right now. It's like, tough, Chris, man. like, you know, I can't. Yeah. Um, I never expected to be, you know, get emotional on a Monday night at 945 <laughs> as Uncle Buck ends. But uh, here we are, you know, it's like, so what, <laughs> so what are your late 20s like? What are the holidays like for you? <laughs> Lastly, this is the last thing I have to say, and then we probably get to songs that we can close it up. Is Uncle Which Buck a Christmas movie? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely a Christmas movie. <laughs> any, they don't any, mention any... Christmas a single goddamn time, but it's a Christmas no, movie. It is. It, it seems like, I mean... It, yeah, it's a movie that you watch with your families and you do that usually around Christmas when everybody's together. Yeah. You watch quality a classic, time. like quality time. Yeah, and that's where that's where it fits in for sure. Um, so 
If Die Hard can be a, mu- a Christmas movie, then Uncle Buck can as well. Uncle Buck sure as hell can. All right. Well, if you're still with us, uh, thank you. I'm. I'm. I very much enjoyed this episode. Um, this was mm-hmm. a lot of fun to do, and it was about a lot of things that we felt we needed to talk about. So we hope that maybe you got something out of it, and at the very least, we hope you enjoyed the time that you spent with us. Uh, as we said, if you want to support us, you know how. Check the show notes. We've got the merch link and the Patreon link as well. Uh, send us an email, uh, grungebible at gmail.com if you have got any feedback or any questions or suggestions. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, like and subscribe, share the show, uh, let everybody know that the Grunge Bible podcast is rolling on. I just combined a, like too, too many voices right there. That was... I was going to say, we got the other side of it though. Like <laughs> yeah, and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, I'll let them know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nevertheless, uh, let's get into songs of the week, um, both of which Not I believe, to be missed out. Yeah. Or not, yeah. To, not to be skipped out because this no. also... Is the ending, well, okay, I'm not sure what yours is, but if if I didn't use this as my song of the week, you would, because yeah, we've also you, been you use it, yeah. heavily captivated by uh, this song, <laughs> the closing credits. Uh, it just comes in right when they're saying bye. Um, one of our favorite YouTube comments of that, you know, that scene, because she like waves to him and they both give soft smiles and then it freezes on Uncle Buck putting up his hand with a soft smile and, and like the comment read, Basically, you know, that soft smile or that that goodbye was basically like, it's going to be all right. You're going to be okay. And those nonverbal cues are so important. And then to top it all off, in the back of, in the back of um, you know, the background, we have this song, Rhythm of Life, playing by, by Hugh, Hugh Harris. Harris. <laughs> and what a song. What a beautiful yeah. 90s song or 80s. When did it come out? Probably came out probably came out in the 80s and um it was i don't know it just was musically really sound came out Guys, in vocals are great. same year as the film yeah, same year same year as the film very very well put together and just one of the songs we just listened to like yeah this is good music like the songs that don't get recognition people that don't get and they're just like making really solid stuff especially back in the day like oh yeah when i don't know music theory or people were like you know melodies were you know i mean they're big now but like good singing melodies and like full band oh man it's just such a good and we you know it's just a perfect end to uh, a movie like this where um and it's one of my favorite types of music is like the, mm-hmm. the credits like the credit songs and, they let yeah. that sax man loose a little bit he, he you know he, he takes that sax for a run um and yeah it's, it's just it's the perfect uh, it's the perfect exclamation point uh, for the, for the uh, you know everything that was going on in that movie for sure, um, and it was like you know once again like I was the the Vince McMahon meme <laughs> when when that came on and they froze on 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 Uncle Buck you know John Candy's character giving that wave to to Tia who was standing at the door um, you know it, it is the rhythm of life and you know a lot of this movie was about those ups and downs and uh, you know just kind of how things play out. I mean, and that's really the episode of of the episode title for this. Um, Basically, for this, podcast. this is the, I mean, rhythm the rhythm of, of life. life. Yeah, and the chorus. I mean, you, I could read the whole lyrics, but it's like the rhythm of life is such a furious thing. He'll make you cry. He'll make you sing. The rhythm of life has a curious sound, yeah. and uh, that's sure that is exactly the rhythm of life. The ups and oh, downs. Yeah. It'll make you cry. It'll make you laugh. And and this song embodies all of that, especially yeah. at the end of a nice comedy tear jerking movie for some reason oh yeah yeah this was a uh, it was really special for sure um Can- and, candidate for to- uh, song of the year for us oh yeah it's i mean we've got like 25 days left in the year as as we're sitting down here but i'm telling you this thing is steaming forward uh climbing up the charts for sure uh my song of the week uh is also going to be about something we discussed something we mentioned earlier uh, it's going to be uh brave faces everyone by spanish love songs from their album brave faces everyone um and it's that one uh that we were talking about earlier where you know i swear to god i'm an optimist um you know and, and you know we don't have to fix everything all at once and i think um before we recorded this ethan we kind of chatted about um you know the two the two topics we really wanted to discuss well three of them really um seemingly would have nothing to do with one another but i think we did it ethan uh, i think we weaved them all together and who knows maybe, maybe i've been huffing too much gas and and we didn't do a good job of it but it feels right um and it feels good that we kind of put all of these themes together and these topics together because uh 
Um, it's holistically, I think, what we've been dealing with, what we've been thinking about. Um, so the homework for grunge Bible fans out there, uh, you know, go stream or buy, better yet, buy a copy, a physical copy of Uncle Buck, uh, and then go listen to some Spanish love songs and uh, see if you can make that connection too and see if you can get something from it because we sure did. Hey Amen. What a call to action right there. Oh, yeah. Like you said, there's I love with an you, iron fist over here. Last night when, when we talked, you were just like, I don't think there's two other two people in the world that are as closely connected to Uncle Buck right now than we are. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. And Spanish love songs. I mean, there's probably a lot of people in there. But, but um, together at the same time and for the, the same, same reasons. Time, yeah, there's never, population never, too. I will, I will, you know, venture out and say it's never been done before. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, if you, people are listening to this show, I would love to hear what people think um, about these episodes. Like, we get we get feedback from time to time, but a lot of us are, like, in real life friends, our inner circle, but... I know. Um, if, you have, if you have thoughts, like, please, like, we want to know whether please. you like it or hate it or indifferent um, or just, like, how did you do that? Like, that was good or, like, hey, like, that was, like, those totally should have been two separate episodes. Like, I just want to know kind of what people are thinking and why people are listening. Um, so if you're if you're comfortable sharing with us, uh, send us an email or a direct message or something. Um, we're usually- I would love some validation on the Uncle Buck uh, yeah, love that love we just song. said like yeah. please please tell us that we're not uh, crazy for yeah. saying all this stuff yeah i would i would absolutely love that so um yeah i think i think ethan that's that's got to be our episode right nah let's actually let's let's uh redo it yeah let's nah, start from kidding. the top so let's, let's uh, 1989 totally well also uh i meant to say this earlier we are recording this on the 29th birthday of right. bush's debut album 16 stone i don't think i talked about the fact that i went to a bush show a couple of weeks ago on the podcast i can't remember but we're not getting into that right now i'm not getting right. into the details uh we've used you know, our energy appropriately shite. already exactly yeah so you'll have to tune in next week perhaps as we discuss that uh, because we'll be back uh bright and early uh on what did that be december the 18th uh, for episode mm-hmm. 143 of the grunge bible podcast <laughs> yes we have the 18th and then we have the 25th uh, episode coming out on christmas it's christmas be short special the calendar yes. is lined up exactly and then we also have one coming out on new year's day yeah we'll be talking also, about the you please, please don't listen to us well no no actually you know what listen to us with your families <laughs> on those holidays i know i will be <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure my family will appreciate that. The the Christmas I'll have and my, holiday I'll episodes. Have, I'll have Dave listen to this episode about Uncle Buck and see what he has to say. <laughs> Maybe he'll be more in tune with the Spanish love songs portion of the episode. <laughs> I would beg I would bet against that, but <laughs> outlook not likely. Although this one was good. I didn't cuss very much in this episode, so I'm very proud of that. I don't know what the yeah, fuck I did, was thinking, but You did great. <laughs> yeah all right uh, awesome that was was good thank you ethan that was a lot of fun thank you chris and thank you drew our producer he's doing a a lovely job behind the scenes still steady and true um and we're gonna have him on uh, an episode in the beginning of the new year so being looking forward tradition drew mcfadden show episode four or whatever it is three or four i don't know yeah he's been on more than four i don't know yeah yeah, but we've only coined two episodes of the drew mcfadden show He's been on oh, a it's lot. Like the, it's like the Truman Show. Okay, yeah, guys. Exactly. All right, yeah. That's let's it. Get Me out and of Chris here. are gonna get on with our day, as should you. Have a great week. The rhythm of life keeps on beating. I don't know. Rock and roll, guys. See ya. <laughs> Rock and roll. Take care, everyone. <laughs>